0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to Far End of the Bench Podcast, Episode 7, Jimmy Pilato, Nico Bryant, and we got a banger of an episode coming. Uh, If you saw, followed along with us on social media last week, you knew there was a big announcement coming. We announced it on Monday, and it was nothing short of amazing. You guys had so much support on social media. We joined the Unhinged Podcast Network, and we can't be more excited for where this thing is going to go, and to work with everybody that's going to be on there. So that's that happened over the weekend, and then obviously the Nuggets uh, ended up winning, coming back and, and tying and making the Series 2-1, going into Game 4. It, there's a lot of stuff that we got into. NFL coming back, a little bit of hockey talk, some UFC preview, and we got a special bonus episode coming out for you guys Saturday. But uh, that's, that's what we get into on this podcast, so I think we're going to start it off with Nico's center of attention on the Nuggets and we're in the starting nine of Unhinged, baby. Let's go. Man,
1: we're so far under the bench, bro. I don't know about that.
0: No, I mean like we're in the starting the nine of the unhinged Ad- network unhinged on Twitter. I just wasn't- Bust my line, a couple beautiful girls tell me goodbye. Trucks break down,
1: dogs run off, politicians live in Welcome back. We are so excited to have you all this week. Last week, I went on my Nuggets rant, and this week, we're coming back with it again, baby. Oh, man, Nikola Jokic. This week is going to be centered on the GOAT, Nikola Jokic. Not the GOAT yet, but the best center in the NBA. This man has been unreal. We haven't seen numbers, and the people... A player shoot the ball as well he has at his height since Dirk Nowitzki. And this is, that's a lot of praise saying Jokic is right up there with Dirk Nowitzki, but he truly is. If you're looking at the shots he's sending, the soundboard shuffle, unguardable. Seven-footer jumping off one foot from the three-point line, that can't be touched. Jokic is playing, is solidifying himself as the best big man in Yes, Anthony Davis has been playing great this series, and he's been doing a lot of great things in the whole, in the, like ever since he came to the league. But Jokic is just on a different level. It doesn't matter who you throw at him. If you throw, uh, J- throw at at him. If you throw Dwight at him, if you throw Anthony Davis at him. If you throw Kawhi at him. It doesn't matter. The man will create offense better than anyone in the NBA, and he has done. He's going to continue to keep doing that for this franchise. And not only will he elevate his his players around him. But also that will bring it, it shifts the whole culture in Denver, Colorado. I mean, team players will want to come here. People will want to play for Nikola Jokic. It, there's little kids right now in the streets. I was driving by today, seeing kids wear Nikola Jokic jerseys, doing the Sunboard shuffle. That's not something you used to you've seen for ten years now. And that's something that's so cool about the man. He's elevated this whole city, and I just hope everybody everybody is so taking notice how great of a person he's been. He's been for this city and will continue
0: to do the rest of his career. Yes, you and me. What's up, Warmers? Episode 7, and we're back. It's Wednesday night. The Nuggets got to win the night before, so we're two for two when we have to stop recording for Nuggets games, and boy, we're excited. We have a ton to get to this episode. You heard it in the intro, but we'll start with our new network, our new family, Unhinged, Unhinged, Sports Network Unhinged SN at Network Unhinged on Twitter. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're a part of a family, a part of a network finally, and we're gonna be uh, branching out a little bit, trying to collaborate with new people. Yep, I mean from the beginning when me and Jimmy
1: both started this podcast, Jimmy obviously had his podcast before, but one thing I, I came up to with him and said is we we wanna we wanna branch out and possibly join networks. We talked about a few different ones and talked about what what we. What our goal and purpose of this podcast was is that was not only to grow our, our brand ourselves, but help people out. Now, Unhinged was able, was, we were very, very fortunate for Unhinged to come to us mm-hmm. and uh, they messaged with both of us. and We were able to come to an uh, agreement, and we, we see a lot of beauty, big things ahead. We will start um, not next week, but the week after. We will be starting on Wednesday, starting at 11 o'clock Mountain Standard Time, 1 o'clock Eastern Time for everyone. But we will be live show and for everyone watching or watching the live recording the live recording will be um also put on our own youtube page of which we are still in, in in creating of that so be sure to follow us on both of those as well because content is going to be keep pushing out and out with us we are so so excited to be on Unhinged. That's such a sick name, man. Y'all, yeah. y'all are gonna have so much fun with all this. I mean, we're gonna be collabing with different podcasters. We're gonna be doing NFL Sunday mornings, like you see on Fox Sports and see on ESPN and all that stuff. We're I mean, gonna we have, have so a, many things lined a up. The
0: blogging side of the of the site too. The the website will our first day will be October seventh, but it officially launches October second, and the website URL is unhinged.com. Go ahead, bookmark it now. And then on October 2nd, starting at, I think, 8 a.m., it starts with the J-Dash show, um, and and then it'll roll on through there, and it'll have, I think, we're scheduled shows Wednesday and Friday right now, and we go on Wednesdays, uh, 11 p.m. slot on YouTube, and what it is, is it'll be a live, it'll be basically like listening to a radio station, all live shows, back to back to back, live on YouTube, and then you'll be able to go revisit them on the Unhinged YouTube page, and then like Nico said, we're going to start our, trying trying to start and branch out into our own YouTube page um, and get those recordings out to you. Tons of content, and that's what the network provides. Um, Already talking to some of the other podcasters on the site, and we had our first meeting as a network last night. It's it's going to be something, it was something that we both agreed should happen, uh, whether it was going to be DNVR or something that was like a goal to be able to reach. I think this since we're all in the same kind of space right now as podcasts where we have a decent following for how young we all are, this is a way that we can kind of build a base layer and maybe move on top of it.
1: Yeah, no, on Hinge, like we we have about nine podcasts on there, including ours and, um, talking with each one of those guys over there, they, they all have the same purpose, and same goals that we have and that we want to grow our brand. Um, get, give, give the, give the listeners, give the viewers what, if that's a possibility. Um, the chance to not only listen to ESPN or listen to Fox Sports, whatever it may be, maybe another outlet. where maybe we, we, We're a little more laid back here. We, we cuss a little bit. We, we, we go on our we rants.
0: Got, we got hockey on in the background. You know we have to watch the Stars lose Game 3.
1: Exactly. We got our rants, man. You got, we got a little bit of everything on our end. We're, we're, all, we're unhinged and we're, we're also unfiltered. So um, hope you all enjoy this. But, uh, yeah, that's that's. Basically, us for unhinged, man. Y'all are gonna want to continue on this stride with us together. it's gonna be a lot of fun.
0: Go follow them on Twitter at Network Unhinged. Um, they'll be releasing show reminders, and, and you'll so their hype videos are pretty sick. They made a us one that, that was on all our, our, show, our all, on all our social medias, uh, and they're they're getting really good content out there. And I know you guys like that new logo. The new logo Nico made with the white and the mountains in the background and all of us bench warmers. We don't we no longer have just one bench warmer. We got a, a group of bench yeah, warmers on the bench, bench, bench
1: now. Yeah, we're we're all on the we're all on the end of the bench, but yeah. Took me a little bit to create that logo. Hope you all enjoy that. But be sure to look out on the future too, because we've been talking about a lot of cool merch, man. Yeah. Y'all are gonna wanna be a part of that. We're gonna have a lot of big news coming up next week. Um, talking more about the on stuff and where you can sub, yep. where you can. Um, we have a Patreon that's coming up soon as well. You know all these different things you can join the network on as well. That will be go more into depth with next week. Obviously when when the site launches. But for for now, we're let's just, let's just get back into this into this stuff. I I, I let. Jimmy let me talk about the Nuggets first, and because it's not Game 7, we're going to dive into football first, because goddamn, it feels good that football's back.
0: Football is fucking back, and Week 2, like, Week 1 was good, and I thought it was way better than I expected. We talked about it a little bit last week. We mainly focused on basketball with the Nuggets, which was warranted, but last week it didn't look as bad as I thought it was going to. Without the preseason games, with all the different hoops you have to jump through now and not really having contact, I thought teams were going to struggle in, in Week 1, and uh, there wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. This week was even better. You had more games that were way more competitive. I have all the, the recent scores, but you know, Browns and Bengals Thursday Night Football, I live tweeted the second half of that game, and uh, there was offense, and you could see talent on the field, and, and it's not it's good competitive football, even though there's not a crowd. And if you they don't show shots of the stadium, you don't know it's there's not a crowd. It's good quality content, and it, I thought it was it, it's, we two was fucking.
1: It was good. Nice. It was good, except if you're a Broncos fan, if you're a 49ers fan, if oh. you're who, who else, like base or Falcons fan for that, because they're they're oh, a shit the show yeah. But are you kidding me? I mean, the the one thing we we should have expected, but we didn't talk about enough, is how how the injury injuries will play into this season. I yep. mean, you saw what MetLife Stadium did to Jimmy G, did to Monster, did to Bosa, did to Kittle.
0: They got to go back there this week. They got to go back
1: there to play the Jet or. Giants yeah. this week, right. it's, yeah. The yeah Giants. They play the Giants as well. I mean, I, like, and now with the Broncos, hometown Denver Broncos. Drew Locks out for six weeks, or hopefully won't be six, six weeks. Uh, Phil Lindsay's out for should be only a few more weeks, not that much longer. Yeah. Sutton's out. Sutton's out for the year. I mean, and you already lost Vaughn. This Bouye hopefully will be coming back this week, but it just it just keeps going on and on. And that we didn't talk about this enough. It should be a main focus now because. Having no preseason games, people are realizing you need those preseason games because yeah. because people still need to get in the groove, get that get a few hits of contact, and not just get thrown into the ocean with the, with great white shark and just just tackle the belly of the beast um, and not expect injuries to happen.
0: Yeah, you either got to do it like college football and just have camp where there's no preseason games, but you have live padded practices. Cause it, you did college football for a couple seasons. I played college football. And when you go into camp you have three weeks where you're practicing two or practicing every single day in pads. You're hitting scrimmaging every four days so that you move up on the depth chart. You either gotta do it that way or you gotta have a couple preseason games. The owners are more than fine with it's the players that don't wanna have the preseason games. And it's the players who don't wanna have the padded practices and the contact. I, I don't I don't begrudge the players for asking for what they can. They don't get a lot anyways, but they're kind of when they do the CBAs and all they do is is they take out all the work that could get them better and get them have a more ready for the season. It's tough to root for the players when that's what they're doing because they're they don't want as many padded practices. They don't want preseason games. They don't want to add two more games at the end of the season. They, they're just not doing like what they say and what they do don't add up.
1: Yeah, it's it's unfortunate because I mean it. it like I I get where they're coming from, especially because if you're if you're upwards thirty years old and you're you're taking all these hits in your body for X amount of years, I mean NFL does stands for not for long, yeah. but some of these players do play into their thirties, and that's a lot of wear and tear in your body, especially for an o lineman or a D lineman. Man, you're getting your head knocked around for ten plus years by the best the NFL has to offer. That's yeah. not that's not something that's 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 should be taken lightly, but. You do need to have some of those preseason games. You do need to have those things where you get players still ready because now the younger players are getting injured, and it's it's hurting the game. I do think it's hurting the game to an extent yeah. because you're not seeing Saquon's out for now. Uh, totally out. from Space on Saquon, yeah. too. I mean, you're, it's, you're seeing star players get hurt because of um, no preseason games or no full contacts, but these players... Should I mean they should be game ready, but I mean it's you still have to have those those power drafts or um scrimmages or whatever, maybe
0: there's a point to what you're saying, but then also the 49ers are claiming that it was the, a bad turf like the turf was just put down in MetLife and it wasn't good, and that's what was kind of causing it. The Broncos they got hurt, but it was all guys like Cortland Sutton battled injuries last year, Drew Locke battled in, injuries last year, it was a bad injury to Drew Locke. And it wasn't his fault. People were saying that it was. Fangio kind of put some blame on him. His offensive line is terrible. We talked about that going into the season. It, not having Juwan James, who congratulations, you got a ton of money out of an organization and you're probably never going to play for them ever again. But not having him and then having Wilkerson at right tackle and – we're not naming him anymore. He lost naming rights, yeah, no no holding penalties, whatever. He's given up pressure in 1.2 seconds. This is bad football, and Denver's in a, in a tough place.
1: Uh, no, I, 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 the one thing with the Broncos that I do have to give 72 credit for is the run game has done a lot better with Melvin Gordon, and that's not only just – that's not – because the tackles, though, more specifically, that's the inside of the line. Cushenberry has done a great job getting, um, getting movement as well as Risner and Glasgow. And we expected that, the running game, to do well because, um, I mean. It, that's it, what it's, the
0: offensive – it's the easier part of playing offensive line. It's not as difficult as pass rush, blocking pass rushers that they have in the NFL – it's a lot easier to run block because that's just more natural.
1: Yeah, Wilkinson's though is, is 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 a problem. I'll tell you that. Oh my oh, goodness gracious, he coming is a problem. seventy-two has only had one holding penalty in two games, so I'll give him that. He's but that's but a, Wilkinson's
0: has been horrendous. That's that's bad because the bar for seventy-two is now he didn't get a holding penalty. It's not he is a good person to have on the field because he makes everybody on the field better with him. He's still a liability. Left tackle is still a hole on this offensive line. And it's going to continue to be one. And it makes no sense because Elway, the guy who constructed this team, had one of the greatest left tackles ever to play the game, Gary Zimmerman. I mean, he had guys – he knew what a good offensive line does for the team. I mean, that's kind of what they had when they won the Super Bowl this last time. They had Columbus. They had guys that were solid on that offensive Louis line. Vasquez
1: as well, and Matt Paradis. So that line was was a big reason why we won the Super Bowl because C.J. Anderson could run the ball, and he was an above average running back. He was nothing special, but the offensive line was getting movement, and this giving Peyton enough time. I mean, he Peyton wasn't mobile. I mean, that's that's a problem we have. I mean, these 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 left tackle or seventy two and Wilkinson are getting bailed out on most of these plays because Locke is making plays with his legs. And that's, that should not be a case every single down. Given we did play the Steelers, who had incredible pass rush against the Giants, and then also playing against David Clowney and the Titans, that's two tough tasks, but you still need to be better. No, the, If you're going to take the next step, you have to be better.
0: I would give – I mean, the, the injury is on the offensive line for this week, but they did, I think, play better against the Steelers than they did against the Titans. The Titans – was not as good of a pass rush as what they faced. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but they're also playing the second-string linebacker after um, Rayshon Evans got ejected. They are playing against Comp, So they, they they played better against better competition, but they still look like shit, and they're still the reason why you're going to have to play either Blake Bortles or Jeff Driscoll. You're going to have the high school All-American backups compete for the position, and it's, it's a bad... I have my own problems as a Bengals fan, but I'm glad I don't have your problems let's, right. Let's
1: let's 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 get one straight. One thing straight. Bortles is the mercy quarterback. Right now, Jeff Driscoll, I I almost guarantee I put my life on it that Driscoll is starting Sunday because yeah. he's playing in the system, practicing the system longer and they just signed Bortles um, on the think, squad.
0: I don't think Bortles can be on the bench this weekend. I think he has to it, it'll be next weekend because he has to be tested in, in the facilities for so
1: long. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not too worried about it. Like, Duloc is your future, and Duloc is, is your quarterback, so I don't mind signing a backup quarterback like an injured, like uh, yeah, like a uh, what's, what's, it, what's it called? Like Emergency backup quarterback, like they emergency the backup emergency backup yeah. goalie, yeah. Emergency backup quarterback. Having yeah. that, whatever it may be. So I'm not too worried about it. Drew Locke will come back. It was a fluke injury, like we said. Um, I'm not too worried. The the offense will look a lot better. Sutton being hurt. The one thing I mean, if you guys follow follow the game on Sunday on Twitter, uh, the one thing I was chirping on on and on and on is getting the ball to Noah Fant. Noah Fant is going to be the main source of this offense if Melvin Gordon isn't going and Lindsay continues to be hurt. Noah Fant is going to be one of the best tight ends in this league. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to be the best, but he's going to be up there in the top at least six, seven, I think, in in my opinion. But you've got to give him the ball. He, he, if you look the last two games, he has 200-plus receiving yards, two touchdowns. That's not something you usually see out of your tight end. And that's and we're not giving him the ball for Spurs at a time. You're yeah. Driscoll. That's your number one option. If you're locked, that's your number one option.
0: I mean, the guys that are at the top of, of the league right now, tight end-wise, uh, the guy out in uh, Vegas. Um, yeah, Darren Waller. Darren Waller and then George Kittle. They are yep. There, but they got to where they are, and everybody knows that they're a star and a weapon because they were fed the ball when they were developing. I think Noah Fan right now is on his way, and he was getting there. I, I was hard on him in the beginning of the season when I was on the radio back in Denison, just because. I mean, it was it's a big deal getting a, being the 18th pick as a tight end. You got to come in and you got to contribute, and I thought he was a little bit slow and didn't really want to participate in blocking. But he proved me wrong towards the end of last season. And then all of a sudden this year he comes out, and I think he's the number one receiving threat on the field. I think even when Cortland Sutton was on, I think Noah Fant was going to be Drew Locke's number one receiver, no doubt about it. It was it was as good a, a tight end quarterback connection as Peyton to Julius Thomas back in 2013.
1: I'm not going to give him that much credit, but I do think Fant should... Consid- should be considered top echelon, especially for fantasy football players out there. He's if he's, I mean, he's probably drafted already in teams, but he should be a start almost every week because if you see he's getting the ball, he's making damage with it. The yeah. man is catching, making. I don't think he's dropped the ball this year, and he's getting yaks yards after catches. I mean, he's doing everything right. Now you just got to get him the ball. Yeah, please give him the ball. I'm talking to Jeffrey Dressco. I'm talking. I'm not saying Blake Bortles. Come yet, on, but get him the damn ball, please. Please. jump on jump on the fan train boat uh, but besides that we, we touched on the, the the Falcons a little bit like how th- like for everyone that watched football on Sunday and if you didn't watch that Falcons Cowboys game whoo boy did you miss a ball game I mean, the, the Cowboys were down, what was it, 21-0, 28-something? I don't yeah, know. Something like that. And, and the the yeah. Cowboys just stormed back, stormed back. Dak Prescott went off. Um, Zeke helped had his share in that defense, man. Are you kidding me? Falcons had no answer. They weren't even getting the ball to Julio Jones. No. That was ridiculous.
0: Uh, yeah, it was all kinds of... I feel bad for Matt Ryan cuz Matt Ryan has been a great quarterback and I think he did a lot better than anybody ever thought he was going to in this in the NFL. But he's he's not really a big-time guy. And that coach is not really a big-time coach cuz right now they have like, they they said it all through the offseason. They have all number 1 picks on their starting on their offense. Every single starter on their offense was a first round pick. And they're still not doing anything with it, not able to close out leads, still mentally weak in that sense. Matt Ryan can't get this team over the hump, and they don't have anybody... When their stars need to step up, they don't step up.
1: Yeah, you're playing a division now where you see New Orleans twice a year. You mm-hmm. see Tampa Bay twice a year. You see all these teams where the Falcons are going to struggle. My Carolina, shout also, out Christian McCaffrey Carolina because Carolina he, he
0: also went down this past weekend. Yeah. I, I Forgot mean, about injury. that. We'll local, we can go on and on about lo, the injuries. Local Colorado guy, I just wanted to give him a shout out since we shouted out everybody else. Yeah, about, we can right? go
1: on and on about the injuries. But, like, that – Falcons head coach is definitely on, on the hot seat, that's for sure. If this team doesn't make the playoffs, um, the, I think he's gone for sure. But the Cowboys, Mike McCarthy's, is, is finally getting his stuff together, and they could be uh, a playoff team. You never know.
0: No, no, that was the thing is that they, they had that great comeback, and that comeback was great. But with, with the Falcons and their past history, I almost don't think you can chalk it up to it was a comeback. I think it was a choke. It was a choke. And I don't think you prove that you're anything. That division is weak, so maybe they are more of a playoff contender, but I don't think you show anything when you beat a team who's choking the lead away from you. Yeah, congratulations, you scored more points than that other team, but both of you are train wrecks. Your defense couldn't stop a nosebleed in the first half and really didn't in the second half other than a few key times, just enough so that they could catch up and end up taking the lead. I think... The Cowboys and the Falcons, both are teams that came into the season with a lot of hype, and they're both shitting down their leg. I don't think that either of them are going to do anything this year, maybe more than a wild card.
1: Yeah, I am I, I completely agree with you there. The Cowboys, I, they're not using their weapons. They're not using Cee Lamb to his potential. They're not using uh, Mike Cooper to his potential. and I mean, Ezekiel Elliott's always going to be Zeke because he's just going to Run the ball as hard as they can constantly. They're,
0: they're struggling from not having that offensive line either because they went from having Travis Travis Frederick at center and Zach Martin at guard, Tyron Smith at tackle. They were they were stacked, and now they their offensive line in plays way way lower than what they're used to. Uh, they they have a lot of issues to fix, and the Cowboys are a whole thing. Sticking with the NFC South, I wanted to talk about. I think we were going into the season saying that it was one of the tougher divisions with the Saints, the Panthers, and the Buccaneers. I think we were kind of fooled a little bit into thinking that just because of the success that all those teams have had and the hype of Tampa Bay. I don't think any of those teams are are really good. I don't see any of them competing for a conference championship. Watching Tampa Bay, you know, they played well, but it wasn't shocking. They've still got a lot of things that they have to work on, and... New Orleans got beat by Las Vegas, a team that nobody thought anything could come well, Las Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas, Brent Musburger still has a job calling the Las Vegas Raiders, but like, that's I think they're a paper paper tiger in that division. I don't think any of those teams are as good as we thought they were, and I think the Saints are one of those teams that people are going to look back on and go, wow, this is one of the biggest wasted potential seasons. Uh, it, it's bad.
1: No, the, uh, it, it, I mean... It could be just that the Raiders are good. I'm, I'm, we're only two games in the series, in the season, so who knows? But the Saints did fall apart a lot. That they they, had, they came up with the ten lead to start the game, and then they just fell apart.
0: It's it's. Uh, I mean, you know, it's Peyton Manning in two thousand fifteen, where he knows everything that he's supposed to do. But I just don't think his body can do it anymore. His arm doesn't look where what it used to be. He used to be known for being short, so he'd have to throw it up above everybody. I don't think he can do that anymore. Um, I think that they really should consider making the move a little bit more to have Taysom Hill at quarterback. They're doing it already, and the plays that he's on the field, he's successful. He's the best player on the team. I, I think, hands down, he's the best player on, on the team that can score on it every single time that he has the ball in his hands. They just, I think they got to start maneuvering it that way, keep Drew Brees as the starter, but limit his reps because he honestly is a liability.
1: Yeah, the only person that I would argue with you, I mean, uh, there's two guys. Uh, Kamara can get you a lot of good yards, but also when Michael Thomas is healthy, he's injured too. When he's healthy, he's also a very big threat um, down the field. But Taysom Hill is definitely a one, two, or three option for that team right now. and. I I I would I'm not gonna say he's gonna take over Drew Brees' spot this rest of the year because Drew Brees is gonna have continue to break records this season, but you do need to start preparing for the future. It's unfortunate the Broncos have failed to do that. And look where we at where yeah. we've been in the last four years, five years, whatever it may be. I mean, you gotta prepare for the future the right way, and if <laughs> the Saints have failed to do that, you could be looking at a similar situation with what the Broncos did, except you don't get a Super Bowl out of it.
0: Yeah. Um. But going with that division, do you agree with me that it's kind of weaker than we expected going into it? Because, I mean, think about it, with the teams that, just based on our conversations that we've been having throughout the week, I think you would agree with me, are much more of a contender. Do you see Tampa Bay competing with Seattle? No, I do not at all. Do you see New Orleans competing with Seattle? Do you think, I mean, it's probably going to be a good game, but do you you legitimately see... The New Orleans team that just lost to Las Vegas beating Seattle. If that, if
1: that team plays like they did Monday night, that's that the, the, no one's gonna be able to hold the jock to. The- to Russell Wilson. But going back to your thing, I, I think Tampa Bay has a lot of potential. Obviously because you have Brady and you're always going to be in the thick of things, whether they suck or not. Um, they've been, they've had the injury bug too. God Fournette looks hurt.
0: good there too. Fournette's a lot better than... Fournette had use. a
1: great week last week too. They they have the weapons. They just need to put it together. That's the one dangerous thing is if Tom, Tom Brady doesn't have to do a whole lot. When he was in New England last year, he was having to force the ball a lot more and move the ball a lot easier, a lot harder. And now this year it's a lot easier. Gronk's not even getting as many touches. You're seeing OJ Howard get um, a lot more touches at tight end, and yeah. then you're seeing um, Godwin and Mike Evans do their thing. That offense is, is stacked. And I, we're going to see this Sunday when the Broncos play them, all those color, all of our Coloradans, um, but like it's, it's going to be interesting to see if... if Tampa Bay falls to the Broncos, I'll put them right there. But right now I think it's too early because Tom Brady didn't, like we said, didn't get a preseason, didn't get a whole lot of practice time with these receivers and tight ends and whatever maybe. So I'm going to hold off on that just because it's early in the year. But, we, I mean, we got we got to talk about how good the Seahawks though, played. I mean, beating Tom Brady's old team, though, mm-hmm. Seahawks, they were my prediction to win, win, that, win the NFC yeah. at the beginning of the year, and I, it's looking better and better.
0: No, that looked really good. My biggest surprise in that game was actually the Patriots Uh, because I had my own thoughts about Cam Newton signing and what they were going to be without Brady and whether or not – because I always say it's more more up to the players than it's up to the coaches. I think a a bad coach can easily win a championship with good players because that matters more. So I was not sure what New England was going to be coming into the game or coming into the season – and then they've surprised me so much that they were the bigger surprise that it was that close of a game. I thought it, or going into it without knowing what we know now, I was thinking that Seattle was going to blow out New England. But Cam Newton and Josh McDaniels have found a way for him to still be dangerous. They don't have any weapons on offense. Their defense is good, but it's not as good as it has been. Kyle always not there, and then half them out opted out. So I think that's them winning and their or their winning culture is good enough that they can't help but be good.
1: No, it's it's ridiculous. Absolutely blasphemous, um, quoting the great Stephen A. Smith, blasphemous that people did not look at Cam Newton the second try, that he did not get another look outside of New England, mm-hmm. because the man has played great. Take it for granted that they did play the Dolphins week one and obliterated them, but they stood toe-to-toe with the best the NFC has to offer. And the Seahawks' defense looked incredible, but that... Cam showed why he is a former MVP and a former Super Bowl, not champion, but Super Bowl appearance type player. He can lead a team to a Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, he's always going to be like Russell Wilson right now. I think he's playing as well as he did last season. He had one interception, but that wasn't really him. It went off the hands of Greg Olson. But, like, Russell Wilson is on another level, and he's been a high-level quarterback ever since he's come into the league. Just looking back at his career – uh, that whole that whole team is a lot better than I thought they were going to be DK Metcalf dominated stuff on Gilmore this past on on Sunday Night Football. and then you got them running the ball Chris Carson dominated that New England Patriots defense it was good like they're, they're not terrible bill Belichick is still coaching on the other side sideline Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson are, are Going to be known as one of the best quarterback-coach combos that have ever been in the NFL.
1: One of the most underappreciated, for sure. Underrated, court, yeah. under Underappreciated, underrated quarterback-coach combos. Because what... what Russell Wilson has been able to do in Seattle is on is is not talked about enough. When we talk about Brady in New Orleans, sorry, in New England, talk about Breeze in, C- in New Orleans, yeah. And you talk about all these great quarterbacks in their hometown and the cities they play in. Russell Wilson is a part of that conversation. And
0: him and Pete Carroll came in. Pete Carroll drafted Russell Wilson. That was his first draft.
1: And if if we if we all remember, Matt Flynn was supposed to be that starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson was a four, fourth rounder, I believe, or something around yeah. those lines. So it, it's it's crazy. The, the path he's been on. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for them because they were my pick, and my picks look looks better and yeah. better as the days go
0: on. So mine doesn't um, look bad. I picked Green Bay, Green Bay dominated, but Green it was Bay Detroit. Also, yeah, Green Bay also looked good. Do we talk about the Bengals? Do we not talk about the Bengals?
1: I'll give you a little bit of love. Joe Burrow is 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 your be- is the best quarterback you've had since Carson Palmer was was with a Chad Ochocinco, and you have to be very happy
0: about that. I tweet the "Keep Yourself Alive" gif a lot on Twitter. The Queen, "Keep Yourself Alive." If Joe Burrow can keep himself alive long enough for the team to draft talent around him, we might have something. But right now, he is—it's worse than. It's not. I don't. I think it's on the same level as Drew Locke running on every single play. He's dodging, ducking, dodging for his life. He's cocky, so he gets back up and he tries to hit hit people back. He's got a lineman lineman's mentality when it comes to that. But just now we know that there is a talent gap on on this team, and everywhere they they are thin everywhere and don't have the athletes to sack up to anybody because the Browns absolutely dominated us like we were, we were little kids. And the
1: Browns still suck. I'm sorry, the Browns still suck. You do need more. Talent that running around. game, that but running game is good,
0: but that they should never have the lead long enough to be able to establish the running game like they did. That that was a, the Bengals not being able to stand up to a decent running game, but also. You know they're never going to be able to run it that many times and have that many yards and win games. Yeah,
1: that's just an experience that our, both of our teams are dealing with. Our I mean, Broncos have a bunch of young weapons on offense. The Bengals have Joe Burrow leading a young offense with a new left tackle. And Drew
0: Sample. Drew Sample. We talked. We mentioned Noah fan, fantasy wise. Drew Sample. If he's not on your team, if he's on waivers, go claim him in your fantasy leagues because Joe Burrow is going to love. He did it in the second half of the game. He was hitting him a lot, and now he's going to be the number one tight end. C.J. Uzama uh, blew out his Achilles, unfortunately. Another injury. Oh,
1: my <laughs> gosh. I, I I feel like we're going to get injured by talking about this shit. Like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. But, what I mean, what, what, now we, like, football talk will continue on and on, like we said. Um, with the Unhinged Network, most, we will. Most
0: yeah. dominant team of the week.
1: Oh, shoot. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Most dominant team for me, it was – it was very hard because the Chiefs didn't look good, um, but it could have been just an off week against the Chargers. But for me, it, it was the Seahawks, and it's it's I'm I'm a guess it's probably the same thing for you. I'm not sure, but the Seahawks just because they were able to storm off at of Cam Newton and how good they looked offensively. That was my team of the week, or the most dominant t- NFL
0: team of the week. Mine is actually the Raiders, and it's mainly because uh, I watched their game last week because they were the early game on CBS. In the Denver market, and they looked pretty good. I, I thought that like their running game was way better than I thought it was going to be. Josh Jacobs came back from that injury and looked like a guy who should have won Rookie of the Year. So they surprised me. But then Derek Carr throwing four touchdowns on Monday night against the Saints defense, who they have Marshawn Lattimore, they have some decent uh, Janoris Jenkins, not Janoris Jenkins, Malcolm Jenkins, Malcolm Jenkins at, at safety. So like it wasn't a terrible defense, and they dominated them. Jim and it, it John. Chucky might live yet. John Gruden might not be dead yet. His and and Chucky
1: is using the fullback, and we had a fullback touchdown.
0: Yeah, fullback's great again. That, fullback's I love, love that back. fullback too. He, Alec Engle, Engle, he's Al Ingles, baby. he's a baller. Hate the Raiders, but love the fullback, man. Wisconsin, a badger. He's a big, he's a big Cat's guy because he's a badger. <laughs> it's a badger, yeah. Uh, but
1: I mean, to, to continue back to where, what I was saying, Unhinged Sports Network. We're gonna have an NFL, NFL Unhinged. Um, I think that's what we came up, or what the network came up with the name. Um, Sunday mornings starting probably not next week, but the week after. So I'll be talking about my Denver Broncos with everybody on the network. Jimmy will talk about his Bengals. We'll have a little bit of everything. We'll have some good content there.
0: There's a ton of different teams that are represented. There's a Lions fan. Uh, there's a there's Patriots fan. fan Patriots yeah. fan. And he, a Patriots fan who lives in Jacksonville. So we'll be able to talk to him a lot about the boat because he, he was around when the boat was the king of Jacksonville, Florida. Um, yeah, so that's gonna be fun moving forward with them, and that'll be that's right up my alley. Cause I would sit uh, on New Year's Day. New Year's Day, we we talked about it on my when it was center of attention. But you sit Christmas morning. 9 a.m. when the NBA starts all the way through the day, that's me during bowl season except it's multiple days in a row because there's 82 bowl games.
1: Yeah, but now let's get down back to my alley, baby. Who, no. baby, how about them Denver Nuggets? I'll say it again. How about them Denver Nuggets, baby?
0: How, how about that guy who filled in live-tweeting for the Nuggets game the other night, Jimmy too? Jimmy Fallon, because my phone died. Shout-out Jimmy uh, Pugh, G- giving his little insight. I, I was hoping that to. they were going to win. I was hoping. I was like, I'm going to be the good luck star them.
1: damn. And, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Anthony Davis. I decided not to pick him from my play of the league because it was against my team. But it was that a was an incredible shot. Mason Plumy should not have. Oh, my God. Why the hell do you try to switch that? Obviously, I get it because LeBron was right there. But the next second best odd. Or. AD and LeBron coincide with together. And that shot was an incredible shot. Yelling Kobe after and everything. Rest in peace. I mean, it's. It, it, it's the Kobe definitely helped that ball go in. There was, there was no shot. They were losing they in had, those jerseys.
0: They had a horseshoe up their ass because there was one, I mean, I can't remember who shot it, but one guy shot-putted it from his shoulder and went straight and it still hit nothing but the bottom of the net. So they were... Everything was hit. It was yeah. like when Kudobin, or uh, not Kudobin, Darcy Kemper... Like, Game 2 of the Avalanche Playoff Series, just like he is just, he's not even seeing these pucks. He's just in the right spot, and they're bouncing off his face. Oh, it was just a right spot, right time, and Anthony Davis happened to be the guy who got that inbound. But thankfully,
1: box. thankfully, thankfully, we came back Game 3 and showed out. I've been talking about this for two weeks, not two, three weeks now. Jeremy Grant is the main difference for this team. <laughs> he's locked down Kawhi. He's been the LeBron stopper in pig situations. The man... Everyone, the world finally got to see what I've been talking about for so long. Last or on Tuesday night, now they're gonna continue to see the rest of the series. The man dropped 26 points, had a double double, getting rebounds, stopping LeBron, doing everything on offense and defensive end. He's the main reason why. He's not the main reason, but he's one of the main reasons why um, we're in the Western Conference Rhinos right now. Him, Jamal Murray, and Nikola Jokic are leading this team by example, and it's incredible to watch. Do they play on Thursday night? We do play Thursday night again. So if you, if you guys are listening to this on Thursday morning, we'll be live tweeting it again, baby. If trust me, I'll be, I'll be there again. If you, if you, who, if, if you, if you follow along on Tuesday, game three. Uh, you, you saw my my little rant about about the refs and all the all the BS that was happening there, and how Adam Silver has Scott Foster in his or how Scott Foster has Adam Silver in his earpiece talking about um, how the Lakers need to be in this game and how the Lakers need to win this series. And if you think I'm lying, do me a favor, go back and watch the 2001 Western Conference Finals against the Kings. It's the same bullshit, the same bullshit. If the Lakers lost by 20 last night, the viewership would have stopped after the third quarter. Everybody want to turn their TV off. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to bed. I don't care about this game. But I'm so sort of made sure that this game was halfway decent and making sure that the Lakers are are winning the series. I and if you think I'm lying, watch that watch that game. Watch it back. Yeah. Watch it back.
0: Yeah, cover cover the spread. Make it, make sure they cover the spread. I got money on this one. Yeah, it was it's always something with the LA and, and New York markets. MLB does the same thing. MLB does the exact same thing with the Dodgers and the Yankees. They try do everything they can when it ended up being the uh, Nationals and Astros in the World Series ESPN was like fuck and no I, no
1: one wants the nuggets to win no, no one no one need, outside of Denver wants the nuggets to win
0: ESPN needs it to be the Lakers and preferably it to be the Lakers I mean, right now, since it's LeBron, it, it could be Lakers-Heat or Lakers-Celtics, but ESPN would prefer Lakers-Clippers so that you can play the Bird Magic games, and then you can play the Kobe-KG yeah. games, and then you can have the finals come up. It, it's a, That would be perfect world for ratings. And then if you have LeBron versus the Heat, LeBron versus the Old Evil Empire, Jimmy Butler starting the new dynasty out in Miami, you have storylines there. But if the Nuggets get in, ESPN might... It's hyperbole. By loser shit.
1: They, the ESPN might not, not, not have any listeners. They, they might just
0: decide not to cover the NBA Finals because, like, Denver's in it. There's no Lakers. It's Denver's heat. What the fuck?
1: The, the thing is, though, if the Nuggets do make the Finals, there there's not going to be one single word about how the Nuggets are good enough. And that pisses me off again. That would all the the main headline will be LeBron chokes again, Kawhi chokes again. It yeah. will not be that Nikola Jokic is the best center and the best big in the game. Oh, the, it's not going to be that. The
0: Nuggets haven't won a series this this playoffs. They've gotten lucky. All the teams have lost this series against the Nuggets. The Nuggets have not won a series in, the, in the eyes of the analysts. They do it every single night. Like Barkley does it every single night when he guarantees Lakers are going to win. Like, yeah, I get it. I go in every single night expecting the Lakers to at least lead for a majority of the game. And it's, it's, it's blasphemous.
1: It is blasphemous. It's horrendous. It's ridiculous. I'm getting sick and tired of it. Finally, Kenny the Jet Smith and Shaq said a little bit before Game Three, and we're talking about that's not going to break this team's back. Game Two is not going to break this team back because the Nuggets deserve to win Game Two. They know they can beat this Lakers team. If it for, wasn't for one shot, Nuggets are up two-one, and we're talking about a series where the Nuggets only need two out of five games. That's that's or four games, sorry. And that's that's crazy to think this, about.
0: This team does way better with their back against the wall. I mean, that's just the, the bottom line. They kill it when the back is, their back is against the wall. They come back from deficits they shouldn't be able to. They they make NBA history when they are on the brink of elimination. Yeah, it sucks for all of us Nuggets fans because I, don't know, I count, count as a Nuggets fan now because Nico got me a Fraud City shirt. Yeah, and Jim's you know I'm going to on. But, I mean, you know, we, we're, we are good enough. We are in that place where we can con- legitimately contend for this thing. I don't think it'd be a far stretch to say the Nuggets win this series. It'd be... A surprise would be a shock, and I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon fully because I don't want to be the one to jinx it. But it's in the realm of possibility now. Like
1: I said last week, Rocktober back in 2007 for the Rockies, this is Nug-tember. We are seeing something out of this Denver Nuggets team that's ridiculous. So I I, I saw a tweet that, or on Tuesday night say that Jamal Murray is now in the conversation for Damian Lillard and Steph Curry when they're on they when they're when they're hitting shots. They're the Most deadliest man on the on planet. When they're hitting shots, you can't guard them.
0: Jamal Murray is an offensive weapon.
1: Think, think about this for a second. Jamal Murray has had a better has had a postseason run that's better than anything James Harden has done, any postseason that Russell Westbrook has done, anything of the stars, players, MVPs. Jamal Murray is hand-in-hand hand having a better postseason than anything they've ever done in the postseason.
0: And, and he, that's crazy think he, about. His performance is affecting this game way more than any of those guys when they played against a Le- LeBron the team ever had. Like, James Harden was never going to be the reason that the Rockets – it would have to be James Harden and somebody else. And Jamal Murray has Jokic, and, yeah, Jokic was playing pretty good the other night too. But, like, when Jamal Murray goes off, Jamal Murray has a chance to go toe-to-toe with LeBron and it not be even a question. It'll be a game. It's not going to be like it's way way out of the realm of possibility that, that Jamal Murray might end up winning this offensive shootout.
1: No, it's it, it's it's crazy. We we were talking about the Utah series, him and Donovan Mitchell literally shooting shot for shot against each other. Saw it in the Clippers series. Obviously, it was Jimmy a little Ben's harder. getting
0: his ass kicked real quick.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> Tampa Tampa Bay's uh, more Sorry, Stars
0: fans, but we're definitely a South Florida or a Central Florida podcast right now.
1: But Jamal Murray, like, it's it's just crazy, man. It's 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 unbelievable the tear he's been on, and that I'm gonna keep harping on this. That is a big. Kudos, kudos to Nikola Jokic, man. It is, it is a lot because Nikola Jokic demands double teams in the post, and you don't know what he's going to do with the ball. You have no idea what he's doing with the ball. He's getting rebounds. He is scoring buckets. He is getting assists. He's, he's getting triple doubles. That. Should not be happening for a man his size and his his he like I said last week he could be left tackle or right tackle for the Denver Broncos. That's how big this man is, and he's putting it on and it, both LA teams, both LA teams, man, both LA teams. And then one other stat that I gotta talk about. Oh man, I had fun with this. AD Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee had how many rebounds, Jimmy? Four, four in total. Three seven footers. Three seven footers. Had a total of four rebounds in forty-eight minutes of play. They,
0: they matched my playground uh, career high.
1: If you if you push people around, foul people, you could go grab four rebounds. No, I'm,
0: that's what I'm saying. The Last time I played in a regular like a, not a regulation game, but like when we played, and I was keeping I always keep stats to myself. I had like four rebounds. I had three, a couple assists, but like
1: you got to give kudos real quick to Paul Millsap, too. Him guarding Anthony Davis, big difference. His defense on Anthony Davis this series, I believe there's a stat out there where Anthony Davis has only scored a total of 10 points on him in three games, and it's crazy to think about because Paul Millsap is making Anthony Davis stay in front of him and making him shoot contested jumpers. And that's not Anthony Davis' game. Although he can knock down a mid-range game, he wants <laughs> yeah. to punish you in the post. Paul Millsap has done a great job doing he, playing AD playing great defense on him.
0: AD can do that. And then um, I think my the biggest thing for me is that is I see the Lakers score a lot, but it's normally like Caruso or Danny Green scoring. And it's guys that when they're going off, they can score every single basket. I don't care because the Nuggets are actually taking care of LeBron. We were saying that either LeBron or AD could have a big game and not at the same time. We're getting to the point where they're not really either having a big game and the Nuggets were able to dominate like they did the other night. Game 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 three, they dominated. It wasn't as close as the end score. score
1: Us having six turnovers, going back to those calls, some of those were foul calls. Rondo willed that team back. It wasn't LeBron. It wasn't AD. LeBron, given, though, did have 30, 10, and 12. He did have a triple-double, but it was a very quiet 30, 10, and 12. Half of those points were fast-break
0: points. That, I, he wasn't He wasn't yeah, it, was, it was normally like Oh shit He's, he's quick he's Yeah it,
1: it, it wasn't the fact That he was hitting shots It was the fact That he was getting Up and down the court And we weren't getting back it like was, the, I mean that's yeah. That's where those 30 points came from The Nuggets but,
0: didn't even See him go score That basket The Nuggets didn't Like they were already back to the same point where they were when LeBron stole that ball and dunked it.
1: The Lakers are heavily, heavily weighted on LeBron and AD's shoulders, and it's shown in Game Three. Kuzma did not play good. The man, I am, I'm saying, if Kuzma has an open shot, let him shoot the ball. I'll let him shoot the ball right now. If he's hitting shots. I'll tip my cap to him because he he can't do anything right now offensively. Caruso is good for six points a game. He's not doing anything either. Of course, he has one or two dunks a game, but he's not really doing a whole lot. Rondo is more of a menace defensively. I mean, he's probably right up there with Beverly, but that's still not not asking a whole lot. I mean, this team is heavily re- re- on the shoulders of LeBron AD, and that's that's nice to have though because they are two of the best players in the NBA, and one of them being one of the greatest. One of the greats to ever grace the basketball for, but you can only do that for so long. And when you have a team like the Nuggets, a full team, mm-hmm. it's 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 beautiful to watch because you're getting production. Like I said, from Jeremy Grant, you have MPJ hitting threes in LeBron's eye, yeah. in LeBron's eye. He had the ball three point line. He saw LeBron trail him. He waited. LeBron was in his eight phase, and he he. Put one in, nothing but net. Looks like did the ball didn't even go through because it was just nothing but net. It's it's crazy how much talent this team has because it's not just the top two, it's no. one through twelve. PJ Dozier didn't even get minutes on right. Game Three and he had a great Game Two. I mean, well Barton's hurt still. Like, are you this this team is so good? It, it's giving me chills, man. Because I'm not because I I feel like we're all the only people t- saying this.
0: And it's ridiculous. Their role players are better than any of the role players on the Lakers. That is, that is a fact. I put, like, Kuzma, not... you. I lost all respect for Kuzma when he was arguing for LeBron to win MVP uh, during the first series and not even paying attention to the fact that he was playing in a playoff series. Kuzma sucks... Caruso not as good as anybody else we have coming off the bench. Caruso is just a hard we guy. Ha- everybody right. like we have MPJ. MPJ hasn't had to be an offensive terror. He hasn't even shown his full potential. No, he, he hasn't had to do anything. Jamal Murray and Jokic have been handling it. But when he comes back, that's another that's another 15 points that you didn't ha- that you didn't have last night.
1: Monte Morris too, the deadliest mid range game I've ever seen since Jamal Crawford and since um uh oh, who was that guy in yeah, Atlanta. Oh, shoot, this is going to bother me. But there was, like, or, yeah, mid-range game. Or, sorry, no, DeRozan with a mid-range game. Um, the, like, Monte Morris doesn't miss from 10 to 15. Mm-hmm. If, he, if he has an uncontested shot from 10 to 15, he is constantly making those shots. And you, that's crazy to think he's a backup point guard. Because I've been harping on this, too. The man could start on the Knicks. He could start on a lot of these second-tier, like, lower-level teams that aren't in the playoffs. He could start be a starter on a lot of teams. And he's coming off the bench. Are you kidding me, man? It's 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 so incredible to watch. We're gonna keep Harvard back. Like we said, Thursday or that day this episode comes out, they play Nuggets play again Thursday night. If we go down three one, here we go again. Here we go again. But hopefully we don't have to get ourselves out of a hole again we go two two.
0: No, this is and this is a different place than the Nuggets have been in the last month of the bubble life basically, where they don't like they yeah, their back is kind of against the wall because you definitely don't want to go down three one. But now you you don't have the you have the ability not even to get there you have the ability to win at six you don't even have to go through the whole series at this point this is this is a big this is a big moment this is a big momentum shifter game uh, this is where we'll see how the rest of the series is going to play out whether it's going to be the Nuggets it, whether the Nuggets are going to have to kind of struggle to keep pace or whether or not the Nuggets are going to be able to take that next step and show that they are the better team overall.
1: It's going to be tough to say that we're going to be, win four straight games in these guys and win in six games, but. Like, like we've been saying, though, this Nuggets team's talent is unreal.
0: Man. It's it's unreal. just a nice thing to be able to have the possibility. I don't see it happening, but it's just nice that knowing that that's a thing that could happen.
1: I it, it, And like you said, if you go down 3-1 again, I, I, my dumbass took the bet before the series started <laughs> and took uh, the bet that said Nuggets will go down 3-1. And that's then like me second. saying
0: that Cleveland was only going to score 14 on the Bengals' defense. So, so Come on! So although my
1: bet... My, my, my bankroll would be a lot happier if the Lakers won and we go down 3-1 and then win the series. But my, my, for my health and safety, I would love the series. to be 2-2. So I make sure to tune in because it's game Thursday. I believe the next game will be Saturday after that, game five. And then it'll be – I'm not sure how how the rest of the series backs up because they moved the Heat game on Monday night to Wednesday or to Wednesday they recorded this because of Monday Night Football. So who knows what that is will be. But for sure, be with us there on Thursday or today and then be with us there on Saturday because you aren't going to want to miss this at all.
0: Yeah, and just since it's on the TV, we're going to mention it quickly because it is a pivotal point in the series. Um, the Stars are also going to be playing Friday. Stars and Lightning are playing the Stanley Cup Final Friday Saturday, so we'll have two threads Oh, they play back-to-back Friday and Saturday? Time. Yeah, okay. the first time, and I think they said 40 years, that the Stanley Cup Final is going to have back-to-back games. They're going to go Friday Saturday. Um, so right now it looks like the, the Lightning are going to win. They're up 5-2, 10-30 left in the third period as we're recording this. So hopefully we have a Cup win and we, we don't have – hopefully I don't get to see Jamie Ben hoist the Stanley Cup. Yeah, and then socially distance celebrate his Stanley Cup victory, which is so anti Stanley Cup celebration. It yeah, it makes me sad.
1: Yeah, we got to talk about this Stanley Cup final. I mean, if if the Stars, or sorry, if if Tampa Bay looks like they're going to win tonight, and then if they win again Friday, the Stanley Cup is going to be on right in the boards on on Saturday. And although if the Nuggets do play against Saturday, we'll be live tweeting both of them at the same time. But. Um, this, the Lightning, uh, the, it, the I saw a report today. The Stamcoast or Steven Stamkos, if you guys don't know, he was he was their captain for the longest time. He hasn't played 210 days. He was skating out there today and was on the practice was practicing and was in warm ups and everything. But I don't think he played tonight. But he he looks like he could be back, and that's just another weapon, another weapon to the Tampa Bay team. And Tampa Bay yeah. has all the juice, all it's, the juice.
0: It's incredible how much you can miss not being in a team's market. Because I think out, being out in Colorado and not getting a lot of Tampa Bay games during the regular season, we forgot how good they really were. Yeah, they won the President's Trophy, but they got bounced in the first round of the playoffs last year. Wasn't expecting too much from them, but then you go out and you watch them play, and Braden Point is basically I, – I tweeted it out. Braden Point is Florida Florida man version of Nathan McKinnon. He's that fast. He's that skilled with the puck. Nikita Kucherov is the Nikola Jokic of the NHL. He will pass and set up anybody – uh, he had two of the first three assists uh, the other night in the game, and then who knows what he did tonight. But I'm sure he had a couple more points tonight. This Tampa Bay team was way better than we thought they were going into the playoffs. And Vasilevsky's been he's a Vesna finalist didn't win the Vesna, but they're they're pretty they're way better than I think we thought they were going into the series.
1: Yeah, speaking of Vesna, too, gotta give a shout out to the Calder winner. Yes, it's called, it's called a Calder Trophy winner, but it's the Kale there because Kale McCarr. Colorado defenseman, rookie defenseman, won the Cal- Calder Trophy, which is the rookie of the year for the NHL, and it was rightfully deserved. Although Nathan McKinnon did not win the MVP, Drysdale um, did have a great year, but McCarr deserved the rookie of the year, no doubt about it. And, it's a, and he's only going to do, he's going that t- that defense is going to be backed upon him for years to come. And I'm so, we're so blessed to ha- to be able to watch him play f- in an Avalanche uniform for years to come.
0: Hopefully, he learns how to fight a little bit and gets a little bit more aggressive. Cause Maybe a little more to extra be- pounds too. To yeah. Put it, get in the weight room kid, put on some weight and start start getting getting mean. Go do what Scott Parker did. Wrap your hands in chains and go punch trees so that your hands don't bleed during a fight because you gotta be the you're the anchor of that blue line for fifteen for the next fifteen years. Yeah, he,
1: he he's got the offensive skill, he's got the he's got the craftsmanship now. Get some, get some weight room, maybe, and he's, he's going to be right up there with the best defenseman in the league. He was, he was I believe, he had about four fifth-place votes for the best defenseman, Norris mm-hmm. Trophy, and then he had a few fourth-place votes as well. Um, so he had fifth-place and fourth-place votes. He ended up being ninth in that, but he's a rookie, and it's crazy to think that a rookie was still that high up and still getting votes in the top five.
0: Yeah, like a year ago he was – or not a year. It was a little bit over a year ago, but he was in college. He was playing in the NCAA Final Four tournament. Gets called up to the Avalanche, scores a goal against the stu- yep. stupid ass Flames, and then and not, we saw what he did this year. He's got some things to shore up. He's a kid, but that's a great thing for the Avalanche. And then McKinnon not winning either the Ted. It- at least it wasn't like some the other two guys that were up for both the Ted Lindsay and the Hart each won a trophy. It was all one guy, mm-hmm. so he must have really dominated. I never watched him play. I don't even really know the guy's name. No,
1: no. Drysdale had a great year. I I do think if if the MVP was awarded based upon the bubble the bubble as well, which it doesn't because it's playoffs and they only based based off regular season. Drysdale did deserve it because McKinnon was hurt for X amount of games and it was tough. Um, but. McKinnon, like we sh- we saw in the playoffs, he's still – I don't think he's a point leader still, but he was the point leader at the beginning of the Stanley Cup, and we only played two rounds of the playoffs.
0: Yeah. It's he'd, crazy. He matched a, th- a record set by Joe Sackick, who's a Hall of Fame player, a, a, known as one of the greatest scorers to ever play the game of hockey, and he matched a point streak that he had in the playoffs this year. So Nathan McKinnon – you know, shore up some things in leadership. Get a little bit older. That's the thing about the Avalanche. Everybody's like our age, or maybe a year or two older. Year older yeah. So they're all like 26, 27 six, twenty seven. We're telling you, get your fucking life together. It's like I don't even know what what we're doing. Yeah, I you don't know what uh, we're this, doing. So it's this this my first time going this far in the playoffs. Just,
1: so yeah, th- this team is very raw, very young, and we're gonna have a lot of uh, growing pains like we did last year. So, uh, but ha- seeing Kale McCarr get the respect he deserves, and seeing him come out with the with the Calder Trophy, it was huge. And seeing McKinnon still, I mean, I think I think he got second, but still, him being right out there, there was it was it was a pleasure. So the Avalanche have so much more promise now. Now it's time for Sakic to do exactly what he did last off season and uh, get put another Stanley Cup potential championship on the ice ice. So,
0: Bring um, Matt Murray. We want Matt Murray. <laughs> I don't know whether to have party yet,
1: but we'll continue with that as weeks come on for sure. Um, but for that, um, other news, uh, we do have a special thing coming out for you all Saturday ni- or Saturday morning. Um, obviously, the UFC uh, card is uh, big this weekend. Arsanya versus Costa. Paulo Costa Barchina. The inflated balloon animal versus the uh, the boy Wonder and Adesanya, it's gonna be a great card. Um, we're gonna talk about that a lot more Saturday, so be tuned with that.
0: Yeah, we got a special guest coming on. We got bonus content for you guys. Yeah because we we knew we weren't gonna have enough time to properly talk about it on this episode, so we might as well give you guys a full episode of of just three MMA geeks in one room yeah, talking it about it. Yeah, it probably
1: won't be as long as the normally scheduled uh, podcast we usually do, but it's going to be MMA-centric. It's going to be wall-to-wall
0: so. information. You're going to want to have a pen with you and maybe listen a couple times. You're not going to get it all in the first
1: time. Yeah, listen to us too a little bit because if you're going to want to some, win some money, you're going to want to bet on these fights on Saturday. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, and then the only other thing real quickly, I mean, we're going to get to our, our final segments because we're coming up, I think we're close to... Yeah, we're just about an hour. Just one thing, quick thing that I saw happen today. Uh, Gale Sayers, the Hall of Fame running back, returned man for the Chicago Bears, ended up passing away today. He was 77, so rest in peace to him. But that was a big loss for the NFL community yeah. as a Hall of Famer. Died kind of young, not not necessarily you know, unexpected, but it does suck to lose somebody of that kind of stature.
1: Yeah, the NFL family, definitely is hurting. And then obviously, I've had people harp on us as well about the MLB and MLB playoffs coming up. The Rockies don't look like they're gonna make it, but Jimmy's a big Yankees guy, so we'll definitely have that coming up um, when the playoffs get started there for sure. Yeah, um, who knows what's gonna all happen in there? That'll start
0: um, the the playoffs for MLB start October fifth, and and I put it in here, if the were to start today, Tampa Bay and LA are the number one seeds. Which that'll kind of hold true, but you're going to have some shakeout with the eight, eight and nine seeds, on um, each side of the American and National League. But we'll talk about that a little bit more.
1: Yeah, it's 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 just tough. Like we said, we have the Stanley well, Cup Final. A, yeah. We have we have we have basketball. We have football. Oh it's- no,
0: there's too many sports for us to talk about. It's not like I tried to start a sports podcast <laughs> earlier this year when everything got shut down. Thinking, oh, I'll have March Madness and NCAA wrestling tournament and. Oh, no, I don't have sports until yeah, September. Yeah, we're,
1: we're very lucky. Baseball would be the forefront right now of sports, um, but we're, we're very lucky, especially especially here in Denver, having Nuggets continue on the streak they're doing and being able to be a part of that it has been awesome. So and, 10, 5,600
0: of us are about to go see, be able to watch the Donkeys get their their you know asses handed to them oh, by the. Goal. I
1: might be one of those, so who knows? I, my my family has seen tickets, like I said before, but we'll I'll, we'll keep you updated with that because I might have Jimmy live tweeting about the about the about the Orange Crush. I'm I'm gonna give them a very nicknames of so donkeys because I'm a fan, but about the Orange Crush and playing Tampa Bay on Sunday, I might be there. I might have Jimmy um, possibly live tweeting that, but we'll let you know as we get forward. But hopefully, um, fans will bring back more of an atmosphere and the. The Broncos can take that to our advantage on Sunday.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Um, I, we'll we'll mention it. We did tie in the last in the last poll that we did for. Uh, I think it was play. Was it play of the week? Play of the player?
1: week. Yeah, I was play of the week while I, with my bam out of Bio block and you then know, my, and then the uh, Joe Burrow's TD run. Um, it's Joe Burrow's TD run. Before we get to that though, we got to hit our beats of the week. Okay. Um, like, like we said, big C card this weekend. Um, Arsani Costa, that's going to be one of my beats, but there's so many good things to bet on this week. Like like we've been saying, me and Jimmy have been hitting on a lot of bets, a lot of them. We've been winning a lot.
0: I I should have been putting the money down that I've been saying. You know, This should be – if we had a little bit more disposable income, we would be like Barstool and actually put the money down that you say you're going to. Did you – by the way – the quick side note: Did you see the video of Portnoy losing money on the goal line stand for the Seahawks? He's I hate like, to see
1: it. That beat, baby. That's
0: one point five. Beat. That's, I mean, he's just—he was so close. All he needed was the—he he, bet on the Patriots outright to win. He had one point five on them outright to win at like plus three fifty, and they ended up losing thirty-five thirty on a goal line stand with, with Cam Newton, the quarterback, gets his knees taken off from under him. Just you see one point five million dollars flash across his face. just...
1: Uh, yeah, a buddy, a buddy of mine had a hundred bucks um, on the on the Lakers scoring first last night, which they did, and then he had the uh, um, Celtics scoring first tonight, and he would have won over four k, oh. but the so the the Heat got the tip, and he and he lost unfortunately. That's just no, that's absolutely. just a bad beat after bad beat. But um, I'll, I guess I'll start with my beat of the week because we're not talking about a whole lot about baseball. I thought I might as well put it in my beat of the week. Um, I'm picking the Braves to win the World Series at plus 1,200. Um, I think that's a little that's a little bit out there, but like we've been saying, I think they're they are going to do a bubble style for the for the um, for the playoff for the MLB. So I think that could um, be good for the Braves because their pitching staff is is a lot better than people give them credit for, and um, they could be they could have a big run where you see an unknown team come out of blue and um, mm-hmm. make 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 a deep run because Freddie Freeman has played really well as well.
0: Yeah, the thing about baseball, especially playoff baseball, it kind of comes, it's the same thing like you want a hot goalie in the NHL. You want a bullpen and a starting rotation that's hot in the playoffs. Um, So it's not necessarily the guys that are the most talented, but it's the guys who are pitching the best at the right times. And if you can get five guys going hard and then have guys in the bullpen that'll come out and shut the door. I don't I don't know too much about the Braves, so I don't know if that's what they have. But that's kind of what you're looking for when you're trying to see who you who you think you should bet on in baseball playoffs. It's not the team who's going to be able to hit the most home runs. It's it's the same thing with football. You go on with the team that's going to dominate the line of scrimmage. That's the team that's going to win the playoffs. The Team that can dominate on the mound is going to win in, in the MLB. Yeah,
1: I, I thought it was just out of left field. I've been hearing a lot of good things about that team, so I was like, you know what, not just put that in my beat of the week because. I thought I'd add a little bit of baseball to this week's episode.
0: (laughs) Yeah, my first one, it's uh, college football because the SEC comes back this weekend. That was also another news topic that we had. But Kentucky to upset Auburn right now is sitting at plus 260. I think that Auburn is kind of ripe for an upset. They are going to struggle a little bit. And I don't think they're as good. They were way better when they played UCF and UCF's national championship. They have really fallen off talent-wise. I'm glad they beat Alabama last year, but I think they have the possibility to get upset by Kentucky and plus 260. That's pretty good odds on a college game.
1: Yeah, if you watch also that TNT uh, broadcast on Tuesday before the game, pregame, Cal Park or the Kentucky basketball coach Cal went on went on uh, TNT and char- chirped at Charles Barkley for a little bit because – Barkley's an Auburn guy, and he said that uh, Barkley would possibly grow, out, grow his beard if Kentucky wins, so maybe we'll see that. That'd be that'd be a horrendous sight to see, but yeah, that'd be a little f- a fun added uh, thing to that game. So Put
0: some money on it, and then, you know, you get to hopefully see that too. Yeah. You'll have some extra money, you'll get to see Charles Barkley with... Whatever he's gonna call it, beer. <laughs> so for my
1: for my uh, beat next beat of the week, uh, going back, to keeping on with football, but switching to over to NFL. Um, Bears right now to beat the Falcons are plus one fifteen. Um, they're down, maybe, but Bears are two and zero right now, and people are doubting them a little too much. I think Trubisky. I don't know if he's he's he's, he's the he's the answer there. All my friends in Chicago from my Augustan days know what I'm talking about, but. Um, Falcons coming off a big loss. I think that's 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 a heartbreaker, and I think the Bears have a good shot to go three and zero and beat Falcons.
0: Yeah, you know the thing about the Bears is uh, they they never really have a great quarterback, but they always have a solid defense, and they have that right now. They don't have the same defense they had when Dipka was back there. Real but Trubisky, Trubisky and Jimmy McMahon ain't too far off. You you know what I'm saying? You know one guy couldn't see because of the the glasses in the daytime. Trubisky doesn't seem like he can see with the fifteen yard incompletions. But you know he's not playing as bad as he has. And Nagy opened up Club Dub last weekend. We'll see what he does this week.
1: Thanks, Mike Dicka, for the for the um, a little bit of Mike Dicka person or impersonation there. But um, uh, I
0: thought Mike Dicka actually uh, by Mike.
1: See you, Mike. <laughs> All right, Jim,
0: give me your next uh, beat. Of the uh, week. My ne- my next beat of the week. I'm switching to hockey. Um, Nikita Kucherov to win the Conn Smythe right now is plus five hundred. I think that's a pretty solid. You know, unless they're going to give it to the guys who are scoring the goals. The good thing is, is that his assists always go to somebody different, um, but I think Nikita Kucherov has a good chance to win the Consmites because he's been a dominant force for Tampa Bay, and that also means that Tampa Bay won, won the Stanley Cup. So that's a, a personal beat. That I want to come true, and I think that's a good return on that investment.
1: Yeah, like 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 literally, we've been Harvey on every single week, and you and your player of uh, the Kucherov, football being back, taking taking us away a little bit away from that, unfortunately. But Kucherov basically is always in the running for your player of the week, and he's done a great, been been dominant all playoffs long. So I honestly probably going to take that bit B two because he he has been on a
0: tear, and I too want to see Lightning to win. Uh, my last one, I'm switching over to UFC. Diego Sanchez is fighting on this card again. He's getting to the point where his record is so it's almost even. He's almost at like 30 wins and 30 losses. I don't know if he's trying to do that on purpose or whatever. He's fighting Jake Matthews. I had to I don't think I've watched a Jake Matthews fight, but he's a huge favorite. But I found a good parlay in some of the prop bets. Uh, Jake Matthews to win in round two is plus five fifty, and if you parlay that with Matthews to win by KO or TKO, that's plus two ten. So that could be two. You're winning money no matter what, but then you can also get a little bit on top if he ends up knocking out Diego Sanchez, which is a possibility because Diego Sanchez has been fighting so long. His glass, his chin is his chin is finer than fine china at the moment. Yeah, it,
1: him and Cowboy Cerrone's chins are a little uh, you can, a little blow, on, right now, you can so. blow
0: on either of them from two inches away, and they might go down. They might lose consciousness for a second.
1: Mm-hmm. For my last beat of the league, like like we've been like like we said, UFC fights. We'll have another episode on Saturday coming out. But uh, my my last beat of the league, man, I'm picking the inflatable balloon balloon animal to be out of yet. Paul Costa as a plus 145, which I think is a little disrespectful. I think it, it's a toss-up, a little more of a toss-up just based upon um, uh last fight against Romero and how, how boring it was, A, and that little he did. Um, maybe he'll come out with a new sense of urgency, but I think Costa could just, uh, just Come at him full, full head of steam, and just have one of those first round KOs, and that comes out of nowhere. So I, I, I want to see that to happen. Um, I think having a Brazilian, another Brazilian champion, that was always good for UFC as well. Um, and, and Paul Costa is a fucking animal. Oh, my oh God. this
0: is gonna be so good because Rev is a Nigerian, so his two champions that he roots for are Kamara Usman and Israel Adesanya. So that'll be fun for the episode on Saturday. You guys are going to have to debate that. I don't yes, know where but... I fall. Honestly, Adesanya, I didn't think would have beat Whitaker, so I never saw him as a champion. And now that he's defended it a couple times, we'll see. We'll talk more about it on Saturday. But now, moving on, let's get to the player of the week. Uh, and I guess I'll start. It's your pick to win the NFC, the captain, the man of the hour, the cook. I guess he's a chef now. I don't know. Yeah. Let, hashtag let Russ cook. I don't know. That, that tri- I guess that gets you to trend on Twitter. Russell Wilson, 21 to 28, 288 yards, five touchdowns. He did have an interception, but it wasn't his fault. He also had 40 yards on five carries. So he, he was just moving the ball, offensive production machine, and he torched a pretty – they're not as good, like we said in the beginning of the podcast. They're not as good as they have been, but he torched a pretty good New England defense.
1: Yeah, No. Russell Wilson is playing an MVP level type form. And for my player of the week, man. I, I talked about this, about possibly being my player of the week. But, considering the game he had in Game 3, I'm, I have to put it. Because, obviously, it really does not fucking matter who we pick for our player of the week. Y'all still... I think you're basing the picks on who, who who each pick is. Half of you are picking for Jimmy, half of you are picking for me. No matter who the he's, he's pick, he's on each still play. salty about the Nikita Kucherov winning or MPJ's dunk, whatever it may be. So my my player of the week, Jeremy Grant, um, like a heart on eller, he he is a defensive stopper for Kawhi. He was a defense, or sorry, he was a defensive stopper for Kawhi. He is a defensive stopper for LeBron, and he's putting up incredible incredible stat lines. He's going to continue to do that. He's going to be the X Factor for the Nuggets to win this series and move on to the finals. So that's why he's my, going to be my player of
0: the week. I think they at least pick based on what sport they care more about. Because I think that like most – and that might end up coming down to people who you're friends with and people who I'm friends with. But I think that, I'd like to think that they both vote, vote more based on the sport than based on who put which pick in. I don't know. I have no idea. All right, my play of the week. Yeah. It's the goal line stand that the Seahawks had to beat the New England Patriots. I, it was an instant classic game. I think it's the best game since uh, Chiefs-Rams a couple years ago on Monday night when it was supposed to be in Mexico City. They had to re- postpone it and move it back to Los Angeles. Uh, it was a great game. Way better than I was expecting, and it cemented the fact that the Patriots are a good team and Cam Newton can be good again, and I um, uh, just kind of, oh, the Seahawks are going to be, like they, they were a contender last year, but they're even more like a one or two seed in the NFC more than a five, four or five.
1: Yeah, I mean, back-to-back Seahawks picks for a reason because of how dominant they were. That's why they are my dominant team of the league because... Um, they showed against a tough New England team and a gritty new Patriots team that came out firing. They still were able to get the done and get a stop on oh, the goal line.
0: Jamal Adams, too. I forgot to bring him up. Jamal Adams is a, a monster. I feel bad for Dom because you know Dom's a Jets fan. And I wish that that Hall of Famer could have stayed there and played with, in New York, but... Man, is he good on Pete Carroll's defense. Yeah, he, he is striving. He's such a he's so much better as a safety in that defence than Earl Thomas ever was. He's all over the field making plays and, and punching the ball out and just He's an absolute whirling dervish. He's going to be defensive. I he's my early pick for defensive player of the year.
1: I don't know about defensive player of the year quite yet because we are two games in the year, but there's a lot of good picks out there that could possibly win it. So I'll I'll, I'll agree with you on that. But so for my player of the week, like I said earlier, I am there's no way in hell I'm picking the Anthony Davis shot because my heart just fucking broke after that. So that I'm sorry that ain't happening. So for my player of the week, we're going to flip the rules reverse. Anthony Davis on the defensive end. And Jamal Murray with the step back from 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 Mars, literally a moon ball. The ball literally just went straight up in the air, nothing but the bottom of the net. Jamal Murray in in the clutch, um, he, he shot the ball literally, basically from the logo, and just shot it over Anthony Davis and put the game away in Game Three. And Nuggets, that's that's sealed the win for the Nuggets. So that's for, that's my play league. I could not put it to myself to pick Anthony Davis a shot. That that is a great play, but I can I couldn't do it. I could. Just
0: I, I understand. It was a. It was a heartbreak. It's the same. You know, like the Steelers had a pretty good deep ball. Like the I can't remember who caught it, but the uh, is a guy who went Claypool. Claypool, yeah. Claypool had the deep ball against the Steelers. Dame. But it's the Steelers. I can't pick a play from the Steelers. I can't pick a the team that caused me the most angst in my teenage life. That made me a moody bit. Like uh, made me a moody bitch when I was a teenager. Cause you know, I almost had to take the week off of school back in 2015 when the Bengals lost in the divisional round because I had basically bet my life. I didn't bet any money, but I had told everybody this is the Bengals' year. They're gonna win a playoff game. They were they were gonna win a playoff game. Yeah,
1: that's it. So no, bad. so, so I,
0: I get where you're coming from.
1: So yeah, but um, just just quick update, real quick. That T- Tampa Bay just did finish off Dallas five two, so they'll be going up two one in that series. I'm excited for that Stamkos. I, I think I just saw Stamkos on screen, so he was back tonight. And he'll 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 be a big, um, big player in the rest of the series. So I'm excited to see the rest of the series.
0: And uh, Hudobin got pulled. Bishop's the one who finished the game. So. I, uh, that's uh, hockey for you we'll, we'll be live tweeting all those games so. yeah we'll be
1: live tweeting the rest of the series just because we had to we had to announce tonight and I told Jimmy we gotta we gotta live tweet the Nuggets we're not missing the Nuggets that's, so that's
0: why you guys gotta follow us on Twitter and Instagram at feotbpods you guys can keep up with everything that's going on follow our new network at uh, Network Unhinged on Twitter as well and, and save bookmark unhingedsn.com because that's gonna launch October 2nd and you guys are gonna Enjoy the content that's being produced because all these guys are—it's a good group of guys and a good group of shows that we're joining, and we're looking to—it's going to help us all grow at the same time, and we're—we're we're looking forward to all the stuff that's going to be coming out with this.
1: Yeah, if you enjoy listening to us, you're going to enjoy listening to everyone else because I, I, the, the conversations we've had from everyone from that from the unhinged. Um, has all been the same. We're, we're all passionate about our teams. We all like to jab each other a little bit. And like to have a lot of fun with it. But be sure to be sure to also um, subscribe to them on YouTube because yep. that's where the live show is going to be. Unhinged Start-
0: SN on YouTube.
1: Unhinged SN on YouTube. And like we said, we are going to have a YouTube page as well soon. Probably not going to be created until next week because we don't have our live shows coming out until two weeks. Yep. So we'll um, that, that be look on the lookout for that too as well because. There's going to be so much more content coming out. You are not going to want to miss this. We're having so much fun, man. We couldn't be more excited to be Unhinged.
0: Yep, yeah, and when we're on Unhinged, the premiere of our episode will be Wednesdays, uh, 11 to 1 Mountain Time, uh, 2 to 1 to 3 Eastern Time, and that will be when our show goes live on the Unhinged Network. Um, other than that, subscribe to us on every all the platforms except Spotify. Apple, Spotify, everything. Rate us, review us. We've been getting some good reviews and a lot of ratings, so we've been enjoying that. Continue to interact with us on social media, um, and follow us on Spotify. Like this show, and, and let's keep this thing rolling. We got so much stuff coming up, man. It's, it's so much fun to do this show. I'm so excited for everything coming up.
1: It's it's my favorite part of the week having Jimmy come over and get to get to banter about uh talking a little bit about, about every sport going on because it's such a great time to be a sports fan.
0: Yep, and with that, this has been Far Under the Bench, episode seven. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. This is a dollar belt, Was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them presents, I made it a to habit. Toting them pistols and serving them edits. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire to be. Elf the fans me. I'm getting to it. Feel like the man. I got the plan. I got the shooters, they out with the van. Play with the squad, get paid like a slant. Play like a perk. Taking oh off oh a nigga music I look I'm in the kitchen compressing the bird. Take out a nine and I sell it for thirty. straight to the jewelry, bust in the
1: the